Welcome to the Foundations Church Podcast, where we exist to make Jesus famous. We hope this message is life-giving, encouraging, and challenges you in your walk with Christ. Good morning. It's good to see everybody today. Um, hey, we are starting a new series today called No Big Deal. No Big Deal. Um, we're going to be in this series next week. Actually, next week, I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, and like a correct biblical view on the Holy Spirit, right? Because here's what I know. The Holy Spirit's not weird. People are. It's true. So we're going to like lean into this. Um, and if you're really wondering what the, cause, cause here's what we've done. We've said, oh, the Holy Spirit, we've either made him weird or we say he's no big deal. Denominations have either gone this way or this way. And I'm like, man, he's right here. Like he's a big deal and he needs to be a part of your, anyways, I'm talking about that next week, not this week. We're in a series called no big deal. And in this series, we're going to be talking about a lot of things that you and I minimize at times, because here's what I found out through living a while, is that when, when we, the things we start minimizing are really the things that have a maximum impact on our lives many times. And today I want to talk to you about a topic that is applicable for every single one of us here, no matter your stage, no matter how old you are, no matter if you've been following Jesus for 50 years or you're not following Jesus even now. Man, this is an applicable message for you, and today I want to talk to you about temptation. Temptation. Yeah, isn't it great? Because here's the deal. Temptation is going to constantly and consistently be there. So today I want to talk to you about drunk dogs and the general toe. The drunk dogs and the general toe. And the simple reality is temptation's always there, always waiting for us. And, and here it is, is that it's not just there, it's that Satan is strategic with his temptation, right? Yeah. Like, like he, he just is strategic with it. It's almost like, let me, let me give you a little bit of a life hack today. If you're newly married or you just graduated college and you're finally making money and you get to go buy your own groceries, right? I said get to go buy your own groceries. Let me give you a life hack because groceries cost a gazillion dollars now. Don't go to the grocery store hungry. Nope. Just telling you, you will live a life full of regret. Men, you need a list. You need, I need a list, man. Like, some of us are like, my wife better not give me a list. You need a list because here's what happens. If I go to the grocery store hungry and without a list, these, these four things are in my shopping cart. One of these four things hit my cart. Double stuffed Oreos, duh, you knew that. Funyuns because Funyuns, right? Like, yeah, Funyuns. York peppermint patties, I don't even think they're all that great. I'm just, I'm hungry. I'm like, York peppermint or Tortino's pizza or pizza rolls are acceptable as well. <laughs> if it's a pizza, it's got to be the combination pizza because that's the jam. Um, but here, and, and I pull up to the, to the checkout stand and my cart looks like a, like a pregnant woman's cart. Like I'm identifying as a pregnant woman. And I'm just, I'm there and there we are, right? And I'm like, oh yeah, good to see you too. Um, I'm hungry. And I go home and I eat this stuff and I'm like, why did I do that? I hate myself. There's body shaming involved. It's a, it's a vicious cycle. Casey's like, it's been a rough day, huh? And I'm like, I'm hungry, okay? I'm hungry. Um, and, and in the Bible, when Jesus, before he ever started his public ministry, it said he went out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. He fasted. 
And the Bible says this, when he was hungry, the tempter came. When he was hungry, and, and if you've not eaten food for very long, you get tired. You don't have the energy. So Jesus is hungry and he's tired, and that is exactly when the tempter came. Because Satan is very, he's very, not just consistent, he's very strategic when it comes to temptation. And you and I, if we're going to live this life, we can't just say, ah, temptation's no big deal. No, we got to come up with a strategy to deal with the temptation that is constantly consistent and constantly strategic. And so this leads me to one of my favorite verses in all the Bible. This is one of my life verses. Anytime I can preach this verse, I do. And some of you know this, you probably can repeat it. And that is a great thing. And it is found in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. And it says this. Be very careful then how you live. I just love that because Paul's like, hey, hey, pay attention to how you're living. Not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Right? That, that sentence alone is so true. Evil days. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Is. And if we can get this passage down to being a reality in our life, if we can get this passage down and use it as a strategy to live out when we're facing temptation, can I tell you, we're going to live like wise people instead of foolish people. There, there's going to be, that. this is the moment that we make most of every opportunity. And my heart for you as your pastor today is, hear me, it's that you wouldn't just have a life of potential, but you would live that potential out and your potential would become a reality. And if that potential is going to become a reality in our marriages, with our kids, in our lives, with business, with, with everything going on, man, this verse has got to be an anthem that is hitting in our life. So here's what I want us to understand about temptation and when it comes to temptation. It's the first point is that temptation in itself may not be a big deal, but how you respond to it is. You're, you're going to be tempted. You can do nothing wrong. You can be sitting in a hot tub at the gym, right? By your mind your own business. <laughs> Doing nothing wrong and temptation walks in the door. Tem temptation may not be a big deal, but hear me. How you deal with it, how you respond to the temptation when it comes, it's a huge deal. It's a massive, massive deal. We have two dogs at our house. Well, we have a dog and a cat. What I call my dog is Vader. He's a 100-pound giant schnauzer. He's my boy. I love him. He's a little mean, and I'm okay with that, right? Um, and then there is a dog, cat, named Max. And this is a picture of Max. Oh, yeah, he's cute, isn't he? No dog lays on a chair like that. You know what lays on a chair like that? A cat. And I hate cats. Some of you are like, I love my cat. I don't, and that's okay, right? We can agree to disagree, right? No, that is no, that's no dog, right? That is a cat. And a few years ago, or several years ago, um, we at our last house, Casey had planted some strawberries in a, in a garden planter thing, and um, she, she had all these strawberries going everywhere. The problem was there were worms getting into the strawberries, right? So anytime we would go to get a strawberry, like the worms that were already in it in the midst of it. And I was like, hey, does anybody know how to get rid of worms? 
And Casey and I are asking all these people and some friends from out of town come in and they're like, yeah, beer, beer, beer gets rid of worms. And I'm like, what? Like, like yeah, beer gets rid of worms. And so I'm like, okay. But I, so full confession here, I've never tasted beer. I've never bought a beer. I've never drank beer. Some of you are like, you are a liar. I'm not a liar. I've never, I've never, never have, never plan on it. Um, I, no, no, thank you. Um, and so I'm like, well, here's a problem. You're saying I should go buy some beer and put it in like this tuna fish can and put it in the garden and the worms are going to be drawn to the beer instead of the strawberries, right? Some of you are a worm, right? And so, um, <laughs> and so I'm like, I can't, I can't go buy it. I can't go buy it at a grocery because what if I run into a church person? And they're like, oh, cool, pastor's buying a beer. Oh, no, no, it's not for me. It's for the worms. <laughs> Cool, my pastor's a liar and an alcoholic, right? Like, awesome. Like, he's covering it up. That, that, I mean, so, so they go buy this beer, and, and, and we open these tuna fish cans, and we pour the beer in the garden, and I go back out an hour later, and the beer's gone. And I'm like, Dad, gum, beer evaporates fast. I know nothing about beer. I'm like, whoa. And so we get the can out, we pour it back in. Go back out an hour, two hour, two hours later, gone again. And I'm like, holy cow. This stuff, like what is in beer that it evaporates this fast? So we open up several cans of tuna. We pour the rest of the beer. And it's one of those big cans, right? I don't know what they call those big cans. But we put all the beer in all the garden. And I don't know when it happened. But Max starts walking by me. And I smell the stench of beer. And Max is like stumbling around. <laughs> and one of my kids is really small at that time. They're like, why does Max smell so bad? I'm like, I got a drunk dog, right? My dog totally got drunk on beer, right? He's the one, he's the worm, there was like one worm in there. Like there was Max all up in the beer. I mean, it was like, hey, here it is. And, and here's why I'm telling you that Max didn't handle the temptation real well. Some of you would say he handled it. <laughs> He handled it perfectly, but I'm going to tell you, Max didn't handle the temptation well, right? It was consistent. It was constantly there, and Max just indulged in it. And, and hear me, temptation's going to be a part of your life every day, and it will be in the, the least expected times and settings that you least expected it, and it's going to constantly be there. And when we say temptation's no big deal and we just shrug it off, hear me, this is why it's a big deal. Because temptation always turns into something. And James chapter 1, verse 14 through 15 says this, temptation comes from our own desires which entice us and drag us away. Temptation always takes you somewhere, right? These desires give birth to sinful actions and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Bless you. It gives birth to death. So we're talking about, well, temptation's no big deal, but where it leads to is a huge deal. At least, this is what the Bible's saying. It's gonna lead to, to death, to death of a dream, a death of a calling, to death of a purpose. And this is why temptation is such a huge deal. And how we deal with it is a major, major component of how our life is going to be lived out. Because if we don't deal wisely, if you deal wisely with temptation, you're going to live a wise life. But if you deal foolishly or half-heartedly with temptation, 
You're going to live a foolish life, and you are going to be the reason you destroyed yourself. It's self-inflicted wounds. Some of the things we are going to be tempted with is this. We're going to be tempted to take shortcuts in life, to mail it in and go the easy way instead of the obedient way. We're going to be tempted to compromise what we know we shouldn't do for what we feel like doing, right? Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Hear me again, just because you can doesn't mean you should, and don't minimize your compromising. We're gonna be tempted to quit because it gets hard. We're gonna be tempted to get bitter and jaded and angry because life isn't fair, and you're gonna be tempted. Nate Gormley did a great devotion on this at our Men's Devo on Tuesday morning. When you get, temp- when you get jaded and bitter, you, be- you develop a victim mentality. And I love what my buddy Hunter Wagner says. He says victims are never satisfied. I tell you, it's true. You never come to a place where you're content and you are satisfied. You're going to be tempted to talk about others instead of to others. You're going to be tempted to live life and go through life gossiping rather than confronting in love. You're going to be tempted to excuse your way through life instead of choose your way through life. And hear me today. Your life is the sum total of the choices you make, not the excuses you give. And some of you, you are great at giving excuses and it has led to nothing because that's not what life is made up of. That's what regret's made up of, but your life is made up of the some choices that you make throughout your lifetime. You're gonna be tempted to be lazy, to procrastinate instead of getting after it. Some of us, we're gonna be lazy. I mean, we're gonna be tempted (laughs) to eat too much. What? There's free tacos and snow cones today. I know. (laughs) To drink too much, to work too much, and spend too much. It's called self-control. The Holy Spirit gives us the fruit of self-control, right? You're going to be tempted to get your identity from your successes and your failures. And the last thing is you're going to be tempted, and we haven't even touched this, by all kinds of sexual desires, from porn to affairs to sex outside the confines of marriage. Hear me, I'm not against sex. No, sex is a great thing when done the right way. And by the right way, I mean God's way. Woo! You had a big amen moment there for a second. Close the gap, Graves, close the gap. What I, why did I share all this with you? I don't know right now. My wife's really not knowing right now. Um, but Because these are 10 common things that you and I are going to struggle with. And many times we think it's things on the outlying part of life that are going to destroy us. But here's what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to the human experience. Let that sink in. No temptation has seized you except what's common to man, right? Nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate and trustworthy. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation he has in the past and is now and will always provide the way out as well. So that you will be able to endure it without yielding and and will overcome temptation with joy. How does that verse, that's a game changing verse, right? How does that verse become a reality? How how do we kind of, what's the how to 
to deal with temptation because temptation's coming your way and the thing that's gonna take you out is the same thing that took others out. You're no different, right? No temptation has overtaken or seized you, which means to capture you or hold you hostage except what is common to man. Most of you are not going to become the president of a drug cartel. You are not going to be the godfather of an Italian mob all of a sudden like, I don't know how I got here. No, 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 no. You're not in danger of that. But you're in danger of compromising slowly, slowly, slowly. And it's not the first bad decision and it's not the first temptation you give into. It's the second and the third one that leads you to the place of death and leads you to the place of regret. So how do we overcome temptation. The first thing is this. Temptation is constant, so be consistent in not yielding. Temptation is constant, so be consistent in not yielding. Galatians chapter 5 says this. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so you're not free to carry out your good intentions. It's consistent, it's constant, it's strategic. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to the cross and crucified them there. And since, if this, is, if this is what we've done, then since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Is the Spirit leading every part of your life? Is He leading Monday through Saturdays? Is he leading Saturday night at your life? Is he leading Friday night? Hey, teenager, is he leading in your relationship with that boyfriend or that girlfriend? He's talking about, I, want it all. I don't want just some. I don't want you to compartmentalize me. I want the Holy Spirit. I want to lead every aspect of your life. And here's the deal. That's the wise way to live. Right? That's not the unwise way to live. That's the wise way to live because these two forces are constantly going at it and constantly at war with one another. And hear me, here's what, this is saying this, if the Holy Spirit is leading your life, it's about following him and being obedient to him. It's not listening to culture that says, hey, if it feels good, do it, right? If it feels good, if it sounds good, indulge in it, right? God just wants you to be happy. Can I tell you, that's not biblical at all. Nowhere in the Bible does it say God wants you to be happy. You know what it does say? God wants you to be obedient. And if you will be obedient, he will lead you to a much better place in happiness that is temporary and content on something else, contingent on something else. He will lead you to being and living a place of joy that my joy isn't contingent on what is happening to me, but what God is doing in and through me, right? Which is a much, much, much better way for you and I to live. And the way that you and I get there is by not yielding to temptation. Jesus said this in Luke chapter 11, verse 2 through 4. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And I love this part. And don't let us yield to temptation. Don't let us yield to temptation. Every night when I go home, 
about five o'clock, there is five o'clock traffic on Elm and 111th at that, at that intersection that's brutal, right? Because it goes from four lanes to two lanes. And so here's what happens. If you're going south, I'm getting my directions correct, and you're going towards 111th, there's a right lane that is intended for you to either pull into Walmart neighborhood market, come and go, or to take a right at 111th. Otherwise, you're in your left lane because you're waiting to go straight through the intersection, right? And what happens is everybody starts throttling it down the right lane until some sucker leaves enough gap for you to just hop in like whoop. And I get so mad at other people. I do this all the time. I'm always the guy in the right lane. But when I'm waiting in the left lane, I'm like, you idiot, what are you doing? <laughs> Sorry, sucker. Like, don't, don't do that, right? Because if I decide to finally wait in the left lane, this is why I don't have an FC bumper sticker on my truck. <laughs> Just being honest. I'm right on the butt of the person in front of me. I'm like, not today, not today. I'm like shaking my Matumbo finger like, no. Not in my house. And if they start getting in front of the other cars, I honk them. I'm like, come on, don't do They're doing it on purpose, right? Why? Because all that person needs to get in is just a little bit of room. And temptation works the same way. It works. Can I tell you, all Satan needs is for you to stop. And this is what Jesus is saying. Don't let us yield. Let us keep our head down. Let us keep going. I know I'm tempted, but I'm going to keep going after the direction God's called me to go. Right? Because Jesus knows this. He knew this and knows this. All temptation needs for you to do is think about it. I'm just looking. It's no big deal. I'm just looking. I'm, I'm just thinking. It's no big deal. I'm just thinking about it. I, I, you know, I'm just dating them. You don't have no business dating them. Let me get into somebody's pudding today, right? <laughs> Bible says don't be unequally yoked. Oh, but they love Jesus. Everybody loves Jesus in Tulsa. That doesn't mean they're following Jesus. There's a difference between loving him and following him. Come on. Well, you know, I haven't done anything bad yet, but you're yielding. And Jesus knew this, and he knows this. All temptation needs is for you to yield. All he needs is for you to say, it's no big deal. And then it's got you. And that's not the wise way to live, right? You, if we're going to make the most of this opportunity, this life that God has given us, then man, let's not yield to temptation, but let's let the Holy Spirit guide every part of our life. The second way that we overcome temptation is that we understand pride tries to handle temptation, but humility tries to prevent it. Pride thinks it can handle it, Humility doesn't even try. Can I tell you this much? Where there's pride, wisdom is absent. Where pride is present, wisdom is absent. It's not even there. I remember when um, we were married, we were at Wichita Falls, we're still married, um, but we were youth pastors in Wichita Falls, Texas, and there's this ice storm that comes through, and we're just, we're poor, we're super poor. And I, my first car growing up, my dad gave me an 89 Four tempo that looked exactly like this, right? I had girls asking me for rides all the time. Like, I couldn't, I was like, ladies, I'm one man with one car. I know it's got an electric seatbelt, but you're just going to have to hold on. Um, wait your turn. Here's the deal. 
I, I was a big fan. Anybody a big fan of Dukes of Hazards growing up? Somebody, somebody, right? I was a big fan of Bo and Luke Duke, um, and I thought it was Bo Duke. And so my car wasn't cool enough to be their car, so I called it the General Tow. It just it was the name. Like, let's get in the general tow. And so we would drive around the general tow, and we got in, and, and we're, there's this ice storm that comes in, and Casey's like, hey, I don't, I don't, I, I'm going to, to the church, Case, and she's like, I don't think you need to go out there. She goes, I don't think that car can handle it. And I'm like, you may be right. The general tow may not be able to handle it, but I can. <laughs> I know how the general handles. I know, I, I just know how to get him to the place he ought to be. And so I get into the general toe, and she's like, I don't think you should go out there. I'm like, okay, I'm doing it anyways, right? <laughs> I get out there. I'm close to the church. I'm like ready to call and be like, made it, babe. Just wanted to let you know. You know, I'm not going to say I told you so, but that's the way I say I told you so, right? And I'm getting there, and there's this hill right before the church, and I hit a patch of ice. And I'm pumping the brakes, and I'm steering, steering them good. And I'm like, come on, General, come on. You know, I'm trying everything. And I'm sliding faster and quicker and going to the curb. And I can't avoid it, and I nail the curb. And it bends the frame. And I limp it into the car, I mean, into the church parking lot. And my car looks crooked. When it's parked straight, it looks crooked. I'm like... And it wasn't worth fixing, right? Because the car wasn't worth more than what it was going to cost to fix it. What happened? I was in a place I should never have been. It took me to a place I didn't want to go all because I was full of pride. Can I tell you? Sin does the same thing. You think you can handle it. And here's what we've got to stop doing. Well, I'm different. No, you're not. Can I tell you that's pride and arrogance saying that? It's not wisdom. That's not humility. Pride tries to handle temptation. Wisdom and humility doesn't even try. Right? Well, 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 I'm different. No, you're not. Well, my situation's different. No, it's not. Well, you just don't know what God's called me to do. No, I don't, but I do know this. God doesn't contradict his word. And some of us, we want to say my, my behavior and my giving into temptation is excuse. And hear me, that's just pride talking. And it's making you blind and you got this blind spot. And listen to me as your pastor, it's going to slide you to a place you don't want to go because pride is always a precursor to regret. Here's what the Bible says, Proverbs 16, 18. Pride comes before disaster and arrogance before a fall. Right? Pride is before disaster and an arrogant spirit, a haughty spirit, before fall. And some of you, you think you were called and you can handle it when you were never called to handle it in the first place. And you're living in an unwise way. And the wise way for you is say, you know what, I shouldn't even be in this environment. I shouldn't be in this situation. I shouldn't be in this relationship. hey In the first place. Because here's the wise way for us to live. Here's the way that we make the most of every opportunity. Proverbs 22, verse 3. The wise see danger ahead and avoid it. But fools keep going and get into trouble. Man, if you see a pothole ahead, what do you do? You swerve to miss it. Why? Because you see something that's going to hurt your car, that's going to hurt you, that's going to knock the balance off. So you swerve to miss it. You're taking action to avoid destruction. And that's a wise way for you to function. Can I tell you, when it comes to your life, the wise 
see danger ahead, and take action to avoid it. But the fool keeps going, and who gets in trouble? You do. It doesn't just affect everybody else. It affects you. The Bible says this, the companion of fools suffers harms. It doesn't say that the fools that he's keeping companionship with suffer harm. It says he does. Man, if you're going to live in a wise way, if you're going to make the most of this, hear me, teenagers, if you're going to make the most of it, don't think you can handle it. Don't, think that, don't, don't let pride creep in and say, well, I'm different. No, you're not. Be different. If you're going to have an uncommon life, take uncommon steps. Yeah. Right? If you're going to have an uncommon life, take uncommon actions that nobody else will take. So if we're going to prevent, if we're going to take action, what does that mean? Right? If we're going to be preventative to temptation ever happening, let me give you something that has helped me so much. Prevention equals accountability. Prevention equals accountability. I close with this. One of my buddies um, in college, he was a senior when I was a freshman, studying to be a pastor, called me a few weeks ago and said, Justin, man, um, before Easter, he's like, I don't know what to do. I have absolutely ruined my life, and it's all because of this. He goes, my marriage is destroyed He goes, my relationship with my kids are destroyed. I'm embarrassed. My calling's done. My church is done with me because it hasn't been a one-time issue. It's been an ongoing issue. He goes, and I refuse to let my wife have my code to my phone. I refuse to put filters on it. And now I don't know what to do. And can I tell you, it was a heartbreaking phone call that I had before Easter. And I'm just going, man... Bro, that sucks. Because, yeah, he goes, I, I've destroyed my own life. And I'm like, yeah. And can I tell you, it, you guard what you really value. Right? You, like, you guard your online identity. You guard your bank account. You don't just give your bank account number and give your PIN number. My PIN number is 1125. It's not really. Why? Because I guard it. Some of you are going to try it anyways. I know. We, we guard what we value. And hear me, every spouse in this place, why wouldn't you give your spouse the code to your phone? That's right. If you got nothing to hide, what are you worried about? Oh, don't swipe left. Uh, swipe left. I'm good. Swipe right, swipe left. Open up Facebook, open up Instagram, check every chat, check every email. I don't care. Why? Because I'm guarding what's value, and it's not this, it's this. It's my calling, it's my, God's purpose on my life. Teenagers, why would you care if your parents check your phone? Well, it's just an invasion of my privacy. No, it's a, they're trying to help you stay accountable. If a grown man needs accountability, parents, your teenagers do. You don't get what you expect, you get what you inspect. Hear me, do the right thing, not the easy thing. Be their parent and not their friend right now. Because if you can't handle temptations, what do you think your teenager's struggling with? It's not that I hate my kid or don't trust my kid. It's that I love my kid, and I'm going to guard what I value the most. Hear me, even for myself. I have a filter on my phone and on my iPad, and it's called Net Nanny. And, yes, I have a nanny for my phone. Net Nanny. Some of you are like, that sounds like something a child would have. Yeah. 
well, do you have the passcode to turn it off? No. <laughs> Is it a pain in the butt? Yeah. Sometimes I can't, like, I can't access parts of the Bible. Song of Solomon's where it talks about breasts. Like, nope. <laughs> Fish, what's my code? Can you put it in so I can pull this Bible verse out? Yeah, then turn it right back on. Right? Why, why, why would you do this? Why, why, would you, why would you have the inconvenience? Because I would rather deal with inconvenience than regret. Amen. That's the wise way to live. Can I tell you, some of you, you need to be okay living an inconvenience life, an uncommon life, so that you can live the great big life that God's calling you to live. Because I would rather deal with inconvenience than deal with heartbreak. I would rather deal with inconvenience than broken trust. I would rather deal with inconvenience than sacrificing my call. I would rather deal with inconvenience than sacrifice my integrity and my character. I would rather deal with inconvenience than deal with shame and embarrassment. I would rather deal with inconvenience and live my life out in a wise, purposeful way so that I can make and you can make the most of every opportunity. Hear me, I'm not trying to keep you from anything today but regret and shame and the wish that you had a do-over. And hear me, many times we don't get the chance for a do-over. So the wise way is this, be careful then how you live. Not as the unwise, not as the arrogant, not as the prideful, right? But as the wise, Making the most of every opportunity and owning up to God's will for your life. And this is the way God would rather you live. And this is how you own up to his will and his purpose for you. Let's pray today. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for today. I thank you for your goodness to us and your patience with us. And Lord, I thank you that Lord... According to 1 Corinthians 10, 13, your word says, no temptation has seized us except what is common to man. And just as temptation comes in, you give us a way out. Lord, that way out is to let you, Holy Spirit, lead and direct every part of our lives. And here's the deal. If you're leading every part of our life, our life should look different. We should conduct our life different, behave, choose our life differently. And so, Lord, we can, we can stay here and we can make every excuse of why our life is the way it is, or we can start choosing to do life differently. And so, Lord, I pray today that today is a turning moment for some of us. Lord, I pray for some of us that, Lord, nothing's gone wrong. I pray that we would have a wake-up moment and listen to this message and that, Lord, Ephesians chapter 5 would become a reality to our life. That we would be careful how we're living. We would watch how we're walking. Man, we would live like the wise and we would make the most of every opportunity. And owning up to what your will, what your purpose is for our life. Not what our dreams are, not what the way we want to live our life. But how are you instructing us to live our life? And Lord, it doesn't mean that it's going to be easy, but it means that we have to be purposeful in living it out. And so, Lord, I pray today that you would move and you would guard our hearts and our minds. And that we would be like the wise today. And when we see danger ahead, we would take action to avoid it. So we can make the most of the moments in this life you've given us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. 
We hope that you enjoyed this message. If you have any questions or want to reach out to us, you can email us at info at or visit our website at foundationschurch.tv. Thank you.